Oh, there you are. Was beginning to think you weren't coming, Master. Good. Then maybe I stand more of a chance this time. Are you ready? Are you? Then let's begin. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the 159th Jedi Trials and Tribulations episode of Mandovision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out the small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? Are we still reeling from the fifth episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Holy smokes. You know, I know I know. last week after episode four, I came on here with, with like, disclaimers about how, like, like I, got some, I got some criticisms, but I still liked it. Whew! This week really got the show back on track where, where I wanted it to be after, like, those first two and three episodes. Uh... So, so that's the good news, right? Is is that we're kind of picking up the pace, we're kind of getting things rolling, everything's moving ahead at this, at just a breakneck pace in this episode. Things are just happening, and we're getting we're getting a ton of great information, filling in some backstory, getting mysteries re- revealed and resolved, uh, and 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 our understanding of the characters is becoming even more profound, which is just really really exciting. And I'm not just talking about the newer characters. I mean, I'm talking about Kenobi and Vader and and everybody. I mean, we're just really getting into some some really really good stuff in this in this particular episode, uh, and and it it is funny to me because I, I again I, I I was not shy letting you all know that I, I had some concerns after episode four, uh, and and the internet used last week's episode to just really go bananas crazy on on Star Wars as a whole as an entity, uh, and 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 sort of. There was attacks at the show. There were attacks at the fan base that supports the show. Uh, it was it was a really, really strange time to be on. Be, I mean, it's always a strange time to be on in on the internet. There's always something negative happening on the internet. But the sort of the, like the rise of a vitriolic reaction after episode four really took me by surprise, and and, and particularly like some of the pointed attacks 
at, at Star Wars fans in general took me by surprise as well. Uh, you know, the amount of the amount of text that said something along the lines of, 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 of you know, Star Wars fans need to demand more uh, from Star Wars and, and, and things like that. And, and you know, I, I understand to an extent, you know, I, I have my ideas of what I'd like to see Star Wars be, but I, I don't call those shots. And I'm happy to get the Star Wars that I get, and I take every bit of, of, of joy from what I get, you know? But, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not in charge, though. I can't tell you the stories that I want to see. I, mean, I, I You know, I, I would have totally different stories for all these characters, but that's, it's not me. I'm not in charge. Neither are, are, is random Joe Schmo on the Internet. And if you had a problem with that, then, you know, it's time for you to move on and, and find something else to get attached to because um, this sort of, like, perceived sense of power that the fan bases have uh, is, is, is out of control. Just completely out of control. We want to hold our franchises and our our beloved series, our beloved stories, to to a high level. We really, really do. But by attacking them, that is not how we do. That's not how to do it. That's just really, really not how to do it. You know, you you want to get people, uh, the higher ups, to notice that you're not enjoying Star Wars content. Uh, the, the, you have to stop watching it. If you're hate watching it, you're still watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't bother them as much, you know. It, it's 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 dollars. It's it's numbers. It's it's these are the things that are important to the higher ups. Um, if you're just gonna be upset with the content, but you're still gonna watch it out of out of some sort of uh, uh, you know need to, to to consume it, so that you can then poo poo all over it. Nah, no, not so good. But let's let's turn it back to the positive because. The, there, there. I, in my opinion, there is not much to poo-poo in this episode. There are, uh, um, again, the, I mentioned on Twitter earlier this morning. Uh, there are, there are, are the tiniest of nits that I can pick, but that's it. That's all they are. They're just nits. They're just nits. And and we'll, we will mention them because again, this this podcast is about transparency. I'm trying on. I'm not trying to trick anybody. I don't have an agenda. I don't have a message. Other than that, I like Star Wars. That's my message. That's my agenda. Deal with it. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about this one because there's a lot to get into. And, again, there are some nits, and we're going to talk about them. And, 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 and really what we want to talk about, though, is are the highs of this episode because there are so many good highs. And the, the parallels that they do in this, this, this story in this particular episode, the way we get the back and forth, the, the way we have like a, 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 a storyline mirroring a, a, peer, a prior – uh, engagement between Anakin and Obi-Wan and how that moment plays out in the present time in the episode. And again, we'll get into all those details. We'll break that down much more specifically, more succinctly on the other side of the bump. But yeah, that's what we're going to get into today. Today, Episode 5, we're all about Obi-Wan. Um, I, I guess I should quickly mention that since it is kind of current in the news, uh, a, a recent interview with Taika Waititi has come out talking about his plans for Star Wars and uh, his his quote about how you know for Star Wars to expand it has to expand and how he's he's looking for new stories new characters you know possibly even like a new timeline or not a timeline but a new era to tell his story in and we're we are big supporters of that here on the Man Division podcast that is that is not that is some, pretty much something we've been saying for a long time as well so. 
uh, to know that we have a director like Taika coming aboard and who's who's seen things in in that that similar uh, uh, line of sight <laughs> is 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 welcome news. I'm excited for it. And again, uh, Star Wars belongs in the cinema, so let's get it back in the cinema. And like, why not have a guy like like Taika Waititi doing it? Uh, because I really enjoy his movies, and and I think at the very least the man has a good eye. We all we all loved his episode in in uh, the first season of The Mandalorian. So a, a full movie should just be wonderful, and and his takes should be fresh and 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 unique and exciting, and that's that's what we want to see out of Star Wars moving forward. And and that's all I'm going to say about the interview because that's that's all I really want to get out there that like we support this a thousand percent and we're here for it all day every day all right so let's talk about let's, let's go ahead and get into the particulars for this episode of kenobi all right part five released today which what is today june 15th 2022 uh the episode is directed once again by deborah chow our writers are joe b harold and andrew stanton for this episode andrew stanton a man who has written wally and Finding Nemo, and Finding Dory, and so many, many other like hard-hitting, emotional movies with like a lot of heart and soul to them. Yeah, Andrew Stan came on board to help out with this episode, and I think, I think that that uh, I think that's felt when you when you watch that episode and, and you see sort of like the, the duality of the storyline, right? The past, the present, and how it all kind of weaves together in in exploring. Anakin and Vader and, and Obi-Wan then and Obi-Wan now and how they know each other and perceive each other. That's just fascinating stuff they do in this episode. Uh, our principal cast this week, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Moses Ingram is Inqu- Inquisitor Reva slash the third sister. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is uh, Roken. Vivian Lyra Blair is Leia Organa. We got Indira Varma as Tala. Camille Najiani returns in this episode. Surprise, surprise, Rupert Friend returns in this episode. He had, he had that plot armor around his gut to protect him. So we knew he was coming back. And, of course, James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen reunite as Darth Vader. Uh, and that's good stuff. <laughs> that is good stuff right there. Uh, let's just get to the plot. You know, I love these plots. When you read them off of IMDb or you read them off the Disney Plus app, they are just packed with insightful information about what you're going to see on the show you're about to watch. Our plot this week, Obi-Wan plans his next move as the Empire, closing in, tries to draw him out. That's what they've been doing since the first episode, but hey, I get it. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and do it. It's time. I've, I've, I've pontificated enough on, on, on the minutia. Let's get into the episode itself. Let's dive in. You know what that means. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. It is my great honor to be invited aboard, Lord Vader. I am not interested in civilities. Where is he? The tracker worked. He's arriving on Jabim as we speak. You have done well. Kneel. Grand. Inquisitor. Set a course, Captain. We leave for Jabim at once. Well, this was it. This was the episode that we had sort of heard some whispers, some rumors about a flashback to Obi-Wan and Anakin in a simpler time. 
in the, and especially in their relationship a simpler time. But we went back, I think, even further than maybe we were expecting. We went back before Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. You know, Anakin, still with his Padawan braid, still with two flesh and, and bone arms, <laughs> you know? And, and Obi-Wan with his, with his, you know, just that glorious Attack of the Clones level mullet. And uh, it doesn't get much better than that. If they used any digital effects, uh, which I've been trying to find out online, if they used any sort of de-aging processes uh, with either of the actors, and it's it's sort of been suggested that if they did, it's been very, very subtle. Uh, it may just be they, they make, did some makeup and maybe some, some cute camera tricks. But whatever they did, I, I'm, I'm okay for it. I, it works for me. I know it's been 20 years. Maybe we were expecting like the, the full bore... Uh, Marvel treatment, you know, de-aging the actors so that they, 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 you know, like they did with Michael Douglas and Ant-Man and all those other things. Uh, but yeah, if they, like I said, if they used that, I think it was subtle. Uh, or, uh, you know, and they just got them looking good, looking solid, looking looking Attack of the Clones-ish. But yeah, what we find out later in this episode, it's not just a simple duel between Master and Apprentice. No, no, no. This is a big deal because this is part of Anakin's Jedi Trials. And... You know, when that revelation sort of comes out at the end of the episode, it, it really makes us uh, or gives us an opportunity to recontextualize uh, specific moments in Star Wars Attack of the Clones, uh, particularly when Anakin uh, comes back to Tatooine with Padme and they're having the talk in the hangar there and, and, and discuss how Obi-Wan's holding him back and he's, he's stronger than him, but, you know, and, you know, Obi-Wan's jealous and all these things because. Uh, you know, we, we see flashes of that in this in this confrontation as the show goes back and forth to this 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 duel between master and apprentice. Uh, it, it's really uh, it, it really really interesting. We, you know, we're going to be playing some of the dialogue from from those cutbacks uh, because they have a profound impact on this episode as this episode plays out. As as Obi Wan is starting to kind of get back into form, you know, uh, but you know he's 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 he was rallying last episode. He was kind of getting things back together again, but in this episode, you see the the confidence returning. You know, it, it's it's much more present. He's much more Obi Wan Kenobi than he ever has been at any point in the show so far, uh, and that's good to see because with the, when the, when they find out the Empire's on their heels, knocking at their door, uh, Obi Wan steps back up into like the general's role and takes command of the situation. He's going to help these people. And, 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 you know, it knocks the apathy out of him, right? Like, he's, he's now invested in the safety of these people, of not just getting all, Leia back to Alderaan, not just getting back to Tatooine to look over Luke. No, 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 he's, he's now wrapped up in, in so much more than, than the things that he had his, his narrow focus on. He's really seeing things, the galaxy, in a different way before. You know, he kind of had his... He, he, excuse the pun here, but he had his head in the sand in Tatooine, right? You know, he wasn't seeing the big picture of what was going on, the struggle across the galaxy to deal with the Empire. And now he's in the mix, and, and he can't look away anymore. He, he sees the struggle. He sees that there are still good people out there uh, resisting, fighting. And, and even if it's just small things like, like this underground passageway, pathway, uh, to, to, to get Force-sensitive beings away from the Empire, it, it's, it's still... A, a worthwhile cause and, and something that he needs to support. Um, we talked about how in the th- last episode that uh, that, that Corrin Horn, uh, Valen Horn, was, a, was one of the names referenced in the Orabesh, and there is a child 
named Corrin in the credits. I don't know that Corrin, that child pops back up again in this episode. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna get into like an actual Corrin Horn kind of situation down the road here, but it's it's a fun wink and a nod to some of the old legend stuff. Uh, and there's a ton of of old legends Jedi names uh, referenced in this episode, and some of them were even head scratchers for me, where I was like, I had to like pause and look it up. I was, I was reading the website, I was like, wait, what? And I was like, oh. And it was like super deep cut ones, super deep cut ones. Um, like, yeah, that we'll, we'll talk about those a little bit more as, as we get on here. But yeah, so again, the great flashback scene, that's how we open this episode. Then we cut to Vader on his ship. My only little, again, my tiniest of nitpicks is like the bridge isn't quite as grandiose as I would have liked it to be. You know, it wasn't quite as spacious, but it was still wonderful to be back on the bridge of a Star Destroyer in a fun, fun way. And and Riva's there get, delivering the information, promotes her to Grand Inquisitor. She's getting what she wants. Vader's getting what he wants, and they're taking off for Jabim right away. Now we cut to our heroes, Obi-Wan, Leia, Roken, everyone coming back to Jabim. No idea that Lola's been turned into a tracking device and that they are about to be uh, exposed. And I said it last week on the podcast, and I still maintain that heading back to Jabim directly from uh, being on the from the Inquisitorist base on Nur was a bad idea. That's just like a bad, bad strategy. <laughs> and I maintain that. Now they do, and I give them credit. They 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 give us an explanation of why they had to go back to Jabim now as opposed to uh, getting to Alderaan, dropping off Leia, and 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 and, and kind of wrapping that thing up. And a nice neat bow. Now, obviously, the real reason is because like the story needs to do this, <laughs> but that's okay. They give us a reason, and I want to go ahead and play the reason for you all because I, again, it's a it, it's a minor quibble. It's not to me. It's not the greatest reason in the world, but it's a reason. So I I, I respect the fact that they at least they even addressed it. All right, so here we go. Check it out. Broken. That transport. I need to get her back to Alderaan. Once we get all these people out of here, I'll do whatever you want. They've been waiting for months. We used an old trade route to get them out, but the window's closing. We held it to help you get the kid. We only have a few hours. All right, so there's our reason. Uh, but I brought in a special consultant to listen to that reason and, and to share his thoughts on it. So let's go ahead and see what our friend has to say. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. And I couldn't agree more with that, K2. Thank you so much for supporting me on that one. Truly, truly appreciate it. But again, it's an answer. We'll deal with it. We'll move on. Things are happening. <laughs> and 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 again, we see it right here. Like this this Obi-Wan that we're seeing right now talking to Roken is is a much more recognizable Obi-Wan to us. And I think that's sort of like the, the big thing we need to take away from this particular moment of the episode. And uh, it's a welcome, welcome change for our hero at large. All right, let's go ahead and cut back to Vader's ship, just staring down the tunnel of hyperspace, counting down the moments to get to Jabim. My lord, we're approaching Jabim. Lock down the facility. If we seal them in now, they can hold out for days. If we cannot break them... It is not them we need to break. So there you have Vader just reinforcing that this is extremely personal to him. He's not worried about siege warfare. He knows what Kenobi's going to do. He knows how Kenobi's going to react. Uh, meanwhile, back in the base, we have 
Obi-Wan walking over to another wall with the etchings, with the markings of the Jedi on it, and the other Jedi who have, who have uh, passed through here on their way to seeking safe passage for themselves and for others. So we get a bunch of names in Arabesh. Some of the names we see in this one are Corwin Shelvey, Jin Atlas, Rogan, excuse me, Rog- Roganda Ismarin, who are all four sensitive characters who list- existed in uh, the Legends canon, and then uh, uh, the name Tiberius, which could be Tiberius Anderlock, another who I believe was a, um, if memory serves, Tiberius Anderlock was in the Galaxies video game. I think he was like a pilot in the Galaxies video game. I believe. <laughs> and there's also May the Force Be With You written in Arabesh as well. Uh, but let's check it out as Obi-Wan reads one of the markings on the wall. That sort of, And this, this leads to him discovering uh, a, a storage crate with discarded Jedi robes and, and, and lightsabers. And my only question to that is, are, are these the robes and, and sabers of, of fallen Jedi who've, who have died to protect the path or died saving people along the journey on the path? Or is this part of, of the, you know, the Jedi going into hiding uh, discarding their robes, discarding their lightsabers, leaving it all behind for their new life moving forward. And it's sort of left unanswered, uh, but it's something interesting to speculate as, as, as we are sort of definitely getting the idea that there are, you know, former Jedi Knights dispersed throughout the, the galaxy because of this this path that, that people have been taking to hide from the Empire. The light will fade, but is never forgotten. And that's when he's going to find the robes, and and he finds one for himself. And again, it, it it's it's a lot of Obi Wan becoming more himself again, and the, it, it's all very powerful stuff. It's 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 subtle, you know. It's not obvious. It's not overt. It's it's this the show I think has been doing a really great job of being um, sort of small. You know, it's not like some grandiose moment where. You know, Obi-Wan disappears for a few minutes, and when he comes back, he's all robed up and Jedi General barking out the orders and, and, and instilling hope again. You know, this is this is a much more nuanced performance, a nuanced display. And again, it, it's it's sort of taking what could be a big moment cinematically, and, and it's just showing us how these characters are right now. It, it, it's, and it's um, just hyper-focused on these small moments between the characters and... and them sort of processing and, and, and evolving and learning their situations all over again and, and reassessing their part to play in, in the galaxy moving forward. I really like how it was done. I thought it was executed perfectly. So just before this all happened, we saw the corrupted Lola go on a hunt. Lola not just has a restraining bolt and a tracking device, also has been uh, had her programming altered by said restraining bolt. So she's out there, and uh, Lola is... Uh, Doing bad things, basically closing the the the, the launch bay sh- doors so that they're stuck, they're trapped in there. Now warning klaxons are going off, and uh, these these underground the underground is is aware of the arrival of a star destroyer. What's happening? The, the controls aren't responding. The Imperial destroyer just arrived in orbit above us. She must have tracked us. It's not her. It's Vader. She wants us to surrender. We surrender. He'll kill us all. He'll attack next. He isn't the patience for a siege. How do you know? <laughs> and again, this is a, a moment we cut back to the lightsaber fight. And again, we're, we're going to play this stuff because it's fascinating. 
but those of us who are who are more ensconced in 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 the the, the I was trying to think of a fancy word, but I don't need it. If, but if, for those of us who watched Star Wars: The Clone Wars, we know this about 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 Anakin. Like the, the, that show documents it extremely well. Uh, uh, Anakin is not the world's most patient person. A siege is not his cup of tea. He's going to find a way to get around the enemy, to deceive and trick the enemy, and provoke the enemy into, into doing things quicker, faster, more aggressively, like much the way George Lucas directs, quicker, faster, you know, quicker, faster, things like that. This is how Anakin does battle. We, this is what we know. Uh, now we cut back to the next section of the Jedi trials between Obi-Wan and Anakin, and this is what we're seeing. This is how, again, how these characters know each other. Vader said it on the Star Destroyer, that's not about breaking the siege or breaking the people. It's about breaking Kenobi. And, and you know, as, as Obi-Wan just said, he knows that Vader slash Anakin has, was, is not interested in a siege. That is not how it is going to work. So you're really getting to explore how well these two people know each other so that they can anticipate each other and what they're going to do next and how they have to try and counter that knowledge that the other person knows what they're going to do next. So let's go ahead and check out some lightsaber fun between Anakin and Obi-Wan. You grow too aggressive, Anakin. Be mindful. A Jedi's goal is to defend life, not take it. Mercy doesn't defeat an enemy, Master. Why, you're gonna lose! All right, so now we're going to cut back to Vader as he's reminiscing on these things himself. But the other thing I want to mention, too, is because, is, is, is again, for those of us who've watched the cartoons, we know the growth of Anakin Skywalker in, in ways that those who view the Clone Wars and Rebels as just simple cartoons uh, don't. You know, we understand that Anakin has significant growth from the time of Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith and everything in between. Like, he grows a ton. He learns a ton. This is sort of, this is sort of like the Cliff Notes version uh, for, the, for, for audiences who only know the films, who only know the Disney Plus shows. You know, we're, we're sort of skipping that nuance of Anakin's learning uh, to kind of be like, to kind of show the similarities of how he was then to how he is now still, and now that he's fully immersed in the dark side of the Force. Again, there's no there's no time for mercy with the, with the dark side of the force. There's no there's no uh, defending life. There's a taking life. It's it's again, he's a Sith now. He is the Dark Lord of the Sith. He is absolutes. He is extremes, and and we're going from one to the other. But remember, his time just prior to Attack of the Clones, Anakin was on a was on a knife's edge too. You know, he was given into anger. He was given into uh, dark impulses, uh, fairly. Fairly early on, you know, following his passions, getting his attachments to Padme, all these things. So, like the Cliff Notes version works. It, it, it in in some ways, it um, keeps it simple, so that you don't have to be bogged down with everything. But me in particular, I like the nuance of Anakin's character. I like knowing who he is in Attack in Revenge of the Sith. And, and, and everything that came before that, how he was different between episodes two and three, and er, all that stuff from the Clone Wars affected him and changed him and altered him, but also shaped him and prepared him for his eventual fall to the dark side. Again, this is just kind of this kind of just um, 
boils it down, I guess. You know, it's a more concentrated version. Uh, but again, the duality between the Jedi trials and what's occurring here on Jabim between the two characters is where we really want to kind of stay focused. I just wanted to mention the Clone Wars stuff because, again, there was another thing online this week about how, you know, millions of Star Wars fans don't consider the, the, the canon or don't consider Clone Wars to be canon. And it's mostly just because they don't watch it. It was a really terrible article. I think it was mostly just clickbait. But it had all these... Ah, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because on this podcast, we believe in the virtues of the Clone Wars and of Rebels. So that's all that matters there. But yeah, this is, it's just a really concentrated, distilled version of, of Anakin in this. And for this episode, for the dramatic tension, for the action, for the emotional impact of seeing these characters at these different points and where they are now in the timeline... It works insanely effectively, and uh, again, I, I applaud it immensely. So here comes the Empire down to Jabim with their forces. No Imperial walkers on this one. Just going to be a lot of stormtroopers to storm this base. Uh, now we go back, and, and again, Obi-Wan becoming more himself, becoming the general once again. Let's hear him address the people as they're, as they're beginning to uh, feel the fear of Vader and the Empire closing in around them. Everyone, everyone, I understand you're scared. The Empire will attack soon. They're stronger than us, better equipped, better trained. If we try and fight them, we will not survive. But we do not need to fight them. We just need to hold them off long enough to get you all out. Roken, how much time do you need to override the doors? Three, four hours. You have one. And block every other remote access. Everyone else. We're going to lock down every other entrance in this facility. If we defend our position together, then by the time they get inside, we'll be gone. You heard him. There you go. The leadership qualities of the great General Obi-Wan Kenobi right there on display. And it's great to see him coming back to life this way. It, it's really wonderful. And, and again, showing the growth of him as a character. You know, finally being able to move on from the events of Revenge of the Sith. He's been, he's been dwelling on that for 10 years. It's, it's scarred him. It's left him traumatized and, and, and having to process all that. But now the knowledge that, that he didn't kill Anakin, that Anakin lived and he has become this, this monster of the dark side and, and is cutting a swath of death and chaos across the galaxy um, is, 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 has put Obi-Wan kind of back on his feet, you know, the, learning the revelation that Anakin was alive was was crippling at first, but when he sees what Vader is, and when he sees what he's doing to these, to these people, these innocent people, and and just how far his friend has fallen, it, it's it 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 really does spur him on. And you know, I, I sort of teased teased it and made fun of it a little bit last week when 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 Tala sort of you know giving Obi Wan a little bit of a kick in the pants uh, about you know it, it's 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 time to move forward. You know, it's time to move forward. You know, because I think we were all thinking that that would be a speech that comes from like you know Qui Gon when they when they finally force commute or something like that. Um, but it seemed to be enough to spur Obi Wan on, and, and and I think seeing the play of these people really helped drive the point home that Tala was trying to make. And and again, Obi Wan is Obi Wan. It's like the Inquisitor says, you know, they they get involved and they can't just walk away. And Obi Wan can't just walk away from this. You know, they're they're. They're too involved. They're too caring. It's their weakness, right? It's, it's it's all like what the Inquisitor laid out 
in the first episode of the show. We're seeing it on display right now. Obi-Wan can't turn his back. He's got to help these people, and that's just all there is to it. You know, He can't just go back to his life and know that these people are going to die if he does. So it, it, it's, it, it works on so many different levels, the way it all kind of comes together. You know, again, all predicted in episode one, and and ah, it just plays out wonderfully. I, that's all I got to say about that. The only thing, the only thing I think at this point that um, I if if I was a little concerned by is like Leia's not doing much in this so far. She's actually shockingly not involved in any of the plot. Now she's gonna get herself involved in the plot here too, but well, I mean, let's just talk about it because when it comes up, you know, there there Leia's gonna volunteer to go into the vents and and try and open the doors herself. And it takes her a really long time to do it. Now, I guess, you know, Roken does say he needs three to four hours, so I guess it's not exactly as simple as, as uh, Lola disabling it made it look. Uh, but that, that's basically where, we, where Leia spends the episode, is up in that ductwork there, not doing a whole heck of a lot. So she's kind of removed from the action in this one, and I, I think that's okay. That, there, there's nothing really wrong with that. But when, you, when your character was so entrenched in everything for the first four, it is a little bit shocking to see them hardly in this one at all. And again, that's just an observation. That's not even a critique or, or a nitpick. It's just sort of an observation that I'm sharing because we're all friends here. All right, let's get to the next part of the show. All right, so our our good guys are fortifying the base. Leia's up in the ductwork now. Finally, they finally got her involved in this. And now, at a really inopportune time, Ben has received a communication from Bail Organa. Now, we understand. Bail Organa, is a, he's, a, he's a worried father, and he's, he's probably freaking out. No news, you know, but he's wondering where his daughter's at, what's going on, have they been captured, have they been killed? So he reaches out, and listen, I don't know how secure these devices they're using are, you know, I don't know what kind of encryption they got on these things, you know, but Bale says far too much information in this communication, for in my opinion, <laughs> and it's going to come back to bite him in the butt here, but let's go ahead and, and, and check out Bale's communication to Obi-Wan. Uh, as again, you know, he's coming to the, remember his perspective on this. He is a concerned father, you know, who, who just wants news about his daughter, right? That that's where he's coming from. This I, he's he's not intentionally trying to be like, oh, by the way, I know all the biggest secrets in the galaxy, and here they are. Boom. There's more to it than that. But let's check it out, anyways. I know we said no communication, but your silence worries me. If he's found you, if he's learned of the children. If I don't hear from you soon, I'll head to Tatooine. Owen will need help with the boy. I pray you're safe, Obi-Wan. Both of you. So, Bail Organa, rightfully fearful that Darth Vader has learned of, of Luke and Leia, even though he may... Even though Bail... Again, I, I, I don't want anyone to misconstrue it. Bail doesn't know at least not at this point, that Darth Vader is is Anakin Skywalker. If Obi-Wan's going to share that with him, I don't know. That that we'll, we'll find out maybe next week when this all wraps up. But yeah, there it is right there, that if he doesn't hear word, if Bale doesn't hear from Obi-Wan soon, he's going to head to Tatooine to, to help with the boy. And of course, we're referring to Luke Skywalker there. So yeah, more stakes in the air right now. Things are getting intense, and Obi-Wan has to sort of process all this at the same time as he has to worry about what's going to happen now that the Empire's banging down the door with a, with a heavy cannon and you know they're I don't want to say like defeat is imminent but like it's long odds at this point Obi-Wan's you know belief is 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 staunch but 
the 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 odds can't be good. All right, so we'll get to the next part of this as Tala enters the room where Obi-Wan's gone to listen to the the, the, the hollow projector, the hollow communication from Bail Organa. Uh, and they have another good moment here. This is I really like this this conversation between Tala and Ben in the, in this sequence. So we're going to go ahead and play it. Uh, but tell me if you, if you know after you hear it, if you listen to it again, uh, if if you don't think Tala <laughs> might be uh, getting ready to make her last stand after this speech. Woo, I don't know. I don't know what you're watching, but she's, she gave this speech. I was like, oh, I don't think you're making out of this show alive. Uh-oh. You know, I was following orders on Gorel. The Empire said it was a roundup. People not paying their way, taxes for the cause. They lied. There were four families, all force-sensitive, and we... We gathered them up. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know what the Inquisitors would do. Fourteen people died and six of them were children. And I couldn't do anything to help them. So now I do this. One for everyone I get through. You're right, Ben. Some things you can't forget. But you can fight to make them better. We're in trouble. All right. That was Roken coming in to, to ruin the moment. But yeah, so Tala shows us the, 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 the etchings that she's making on the inside of her holster for every person she's able to get through the path to safety to sort of make up for this this bad deed that she did with the empire, uh, and it, again, it, it, showing this person's motivations is is really really wonderful. You know the the way they sort of have, have learned and discovered that the empire is not what they thought it was when they signed up when they enlisted, and yeah, it just it just sort of underscores why she's doing this, and I really did like that. And and again, it sort of is another opportunity to kind of regalvanize Kenobi and and knock him out of his apathy, and it. it it works. I mean, Obi Wan again. At the start of this episode, we've already we're already got a better Kenobi, a more true to Kenobi form, Ben Kenobi than than this. But this is another another you know reason for him to 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 help these people, and and she's sort of sharing that moment with him and be like, listen, it's all bad, but there is some good. You got to you got you to it's worth fighting for. You got to do it. Uh, but yeah, things are going to escalate really quickly from here out. All right, so now we get to. The big moment. Uh, this is one of the highlights of the episode. This is when a lot of uh, the internet theories about Riva started coming into place. You know, we, we talked about her being a survivor of Order 66 in the temple, seeing Anakin, all that good stuff. We get that and a little bit more in this sequence here, too. As, as And I like the way it's done, where it's not just her telling, but it's Obi-Wan kind of putting the pieces together, intuiting, you know, using... You know his his mind, his for you know his connection to the force to sort of figure this all out, figure out what Riva's up to, what Riva's doing, and and realizing that Riva's not all that she sort of has been been uh, portraying. You know, there's another plan, there's another side of Riva. There's more going on to Riva than what many had believed, what what a lot of people in the audience believed, what the Empire believed, right? 
So I don't know how much of this sequence we'll play. We'll probably break it up quite a bit. But go ahead and check out the beginnings of it as Riva and Kenobi have a little bit of a chit-chat between the, the, the heavy Durasteel barricade um, and, and a bit of a parlay moment of the episode. If this is you stalling for time, it won't work. Lord Vader will have you at any cost. You mean Anakin? You knew who Vader was. Back on Daiu, how did you know that? Vader would have kept that hidden. And you're too young to have known him. Unless... Unless you were there. It doesn't matter where I was. The night of Order 66, you were a youngling. That's how you knew you saw him. Stop. Anakin killed the others. That's enough. He killed the other younglings, enough. but somehow you Enough! Enough! Alright, pause it right there, because it's a great moment. Again, she just gives him a little bit, but Obi-Wan puts the pieces together. It's all falling into place for him, and it all makes sense. We talked about some of this on the show. The internet talked about the rest of it. Uh, so the people who, who got to do that victory dance last night got to do that victory dance, and they earned it. <laughs> so not that it was like the world's worst kept secret or anything like that, or the world's best kept secret, but uh, uh, you know, good on you for paying attention and connecting those dots. You know, I know we talked about it. How could Reva know that it was Anakin unless she was there? That was sort of our, our my particular inroad to this was like, well, no one knows Anakin Skywalker's Darth Vader. That, that's got to be a secret. So here we go. And let's let's hear her talk about Order 66 now as that night at the temple when Anakin came in there and just started chopping down Jedi and younglings and Padawans alike. No discernible difference between any of them other than they were just bodies. We thought he was there to help us. I tried to help them. I was too weak. When he left, I played dead. Hid with the bodies. Felt them go cold. They were the only family I knew. So now we get into the, the, the crux of everything, right? Like the pivotal, pivotal piece of information for this episode. What's been Reva's game all along? Well, here it is. Let me help you. Why would I ever trust you? Because we want the same thing. Do we, Obi-Wan? Do you really want Anakin dead? Where were you? While he was killing my friends. He was your Padawan. Why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you save us? I don't need your help. 
I don't need anyone. You won't stop him alone. You have no idea what I've done alone. All right, there we go. So, lightsaber through the door. This is about to get real scary real quick for the for the uh, for the underground here, as as we're about to get into some really close quarters combat against the Imperial forces. Purge troopers, stormtroopers, Reva. Obi Wan's there to deflect some blasters too. He's going to do a good job saving these people. But, but you know, pay attention to the way that this this sequence is, is framed, the way it, the cameras hold the, the action. Again, it is insanely tight quarters between these 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 two parties, and they are just exchanging crazy amounts of blaster fire. It is super intense, super awesome, and yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. I, I mean, I, I guess awesome is just the best word I can say about it, right? It's it's so good. There's so much action. It's so intense. And Roken's got a bowcaster. <laughs> I mean, last time we saw a human with a bowcaster, I think it was was Han, and he was like, "I like this," you know, and that was that. But we've never really seen a, 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 a another human with a, with a bowcaster since uh, since that time in Force Awakens. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Good action here. Uh, I liked the, the close quarters. I liked the confined uh, sensibilities in these tunnels. I like a lot of the stuff that they do in this sequence. It's really, really good. And, you know, we'll just... Cause it's, because it's a huge action sequence, we can't play a ton of clips from it because it's all just shooty shoots. Um, but this is like... This is sort of like the big moment for Tala, right? And and uh, our favorite lifter droid who has that, you know, doesn't have that cool wrench anymore. But uh, yeah, it was it was a Ned Eight, I believe, it, and uh, great moment for him as he's getting you know blown apart, and he he turns to shield Tala so she has an extra few minutes to make a move, and uh, yeah, let's just kind of let it play out a little bit here. I'm think I'm gonna I think we get another little cutback moment, but yeah, we'll be right back. Check out some other clips. So instead of playing a clip, I, I just want to go back and kind of under under underline a few things because that moment, like Tala's last stand, Ned Eight's last stand. Really awesome moments, and and you know before that we're watching Ned Eight, you know, shoot stormtroopers in the face, throw them up into the ceiling, punch them across the room. Like they're doing some really great stuff in this sequence here. Uh, but yeah, Tala's Tala's final move, the the thermal detonator, uh, going going all uh, Vasquez on everybody like it's aliens. Uh, it was it was awesome. It was awesome watching those stormtroopers get blown away. <laughs> it, it, it was a really great final last stand for that character and again uh the, you know the argument can be made uh, you know it, too soon too soon for tala to, to go out like that but does the hero play you know shoots the blast door closes it so that kenobi and everybody else is on the other side protecting the people that she's been trying to save the entire time uh and and, and goes out on her terms it, it it doesn't get more uh Noble than that in, in, in the battle against the Empire, in, in my estimation here. But the survivors of the encounter are now in the hangar, waiting for Leia to get those, those hangar doors open. She's, she's making progress, but there's, there's, it's still closed. They're still trapped in there. They're, they're sitting ducks at this point, right? Like the Empire's going to rally. The Empire's going to close in. And, and Kenobi knows this. Kenobi knows that this is, is getting bad. And he can't ask these people to, to die on his behalf. And this is the moment when Vader knows his old master's moves and anticipates what he's going to do. The Grand Inquisitor has breached the walls. We shall have him soon. Tell her to stand down. My lord. Kenobi is already ours. 
All right, so now we're going to cut back to another one of the training montages here. The, again, the Anakin's Jedi Trials, Jedi uh, Master versus Apprentice. And uh, let's go ahead and let this play out a little bit too because, again, the, 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 the words of wisdom we're getting from this have huge weight in this episode. So they, they are worth me getting in trouble with Disney for. There's no way out, Master. Admit you are beaten. What is it? What's wrong? It's over. I'm going back. You can't quit. I fought for too long. You can't just throw that away. It won't make a difference. They want all of us. Vader wants me. If you surrender, she died for nothing. He'll keep coming. That's why I have to stop him. You're going to fight him? He expects me to surrender. He knows I'll do everything I can to protect these people. You'll be on your own. No. Archer, look out for her, will you? You want to tell me how you're going to fight without a weapon? There are other ways to fight. Pow! That's boom! That's classic Kenobi right there, right? Ooh, giving the blaster, the lightsaber, and the communicator to Haja. While in the long run may be a mistake, as Haja will eventually drop the communicator on the ground for, for uh, someone to find later on with all that pertinent pertinent information that, uh, you know, you know, maybe Kenobi should just delete messages after he gets him. He's that guy who's got voicemails on his phone from like 10 years ago from his doctor calling to confirm his appointment. Like, dude, just, just delete it. Get rid of it. You don't need it on there. It's no bueno. Just be done with it. Clear your erase your messages, people. You don't want a full me- message box. That's that's dumb. <laughs> it's, what year is this? My God. <laughs> but yeah, again, the way that the story's juxtaposing against Anakin's Jedi trials, these various moments as the characters are sort of reliving them each on on their own. Uh, and again, I, I like that it's a lot of it is. Um, just the perspective on it is so interesting and so unique. And the way, that, again, sort of the way they wrap that moment, that Jedi trial combat between Master and Apprentice around this battle on Jabim is so well executed, so well done. And I think it has like that sort of gravitas that I've been looking for uh, out, out of this series. And, it, and to me, it really lands in this one. I really, really like what they do. Um, and it, it, just, it just sings pitch perfect. Let's find the next clip to share. So Leia's still up in the duct. She's trying to get the doors open. Uh, bad Lola's about to is is about to attack, but Layla's gonna or Layla Leia is gonna be able to get her hands on Lola, take off the restraining bolt, and kind of restore her back to her factory settings, basically. Uh, meanwhile, Kenobi is surrendering to Riva and the stormtroopers. The stormtroopers bring Kenobi out uh, so that he's face to face with Riva, and then they all back up just enough. So that that Anakin, or sorry, that Obi Wan and Reva can have a bit of a private conversation, as as Obi Wan attempts to uh, sway Reva to see things from his side of things and and to uh, uh, help eliminate Vader here and now when he arrives. Uh, one of the things I want to go back to uh, for their conversation between the walls, uh, between the between the, the the barricade was when 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 Reva's asking Obi Wan, "Where were you?" 
when Obi when Anakin was killing the Padawans, was killing the other Jedi and the younglings at the temple. Uh, and I really, really liked that Obi Wan didn't say anything. He couldn't say anything. There's there there's nothing to say. Like we as fans know the answer. We know that you know Order sixty six was going on across the galaxy at the same time. Obi Wan was on Utapau. You know he was he was avoiding being killed by Commander Cody. He had his he had his own things going on. He had no idea what was going on in the temple. Uh, so but Obi Wan recognizes that. Like he, he, you you can't you can't throw that out there uh, as as an as an excuse to to a a, a, a Padawan who was a, a young child at the time of that massacre at at the temple. It it was it would be hollow and thin, and would would more likely just anger Riva even further if he, if he were to try and distance himself from the situation. You know, Obi Wan feels the weight of everything that Anakin's done, his fall to the dark side, everyone he's killed. Obi Wan feels all that that weight on his shoulder, that burden on it on him. You want to know why he looks like Alec Guinness and not Ewan McGregor? Because that weight ages you. It puts some wrinkles on your face and some gray in your hair, and uh, that yeah, the the burden of knowledge for for Obi Wan, and and the way he's willing again, the way he's willing to take on Riva's burden, at that at this point too. Like again, not going to offer uh, a, a flimsy defense for why he wasn't there, why Anakin was able to do these things. Um, Obi Wan feels that responsibility, and he and he, he 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 wears it. On, on his Jedi cloak and his shoulders, and uh, yeah, it, it it's one of the the weights that that hold him down in the desert, in his in his life moving forward. Like he'll never forget any of these people. He'll never forget any of the things that his former friend, former Padawan, former apprentice did. Um, and I think that's again, Ewan McGregor doing it all with his face, the the acting that he's doing. Again, everything in the show is small and subtle. And, and and beneath the surface, it's not overt. It's not in your face. It's not, um, you know, the things that we're more used to in a Star Wars cinematic sense of uh, point of view, I suppose. Um, it, it just works. And I, I just wanted to, again another little underline in one, in one of the great moments of the episode. So let's go ahead and check it out again. The stormtroopers step back just enough so that Reva and Obi Wan can continue their little uh, chit chat from earlier. He's on his way. You're gonna die soon. You're not bringing him to me. I'm bringing him to you. This isn't over yet. There are families back there. Are you gonna let him do it again? What he did to you? We could end this together. What makes you think he won't see it coming? Because all he'll see
So this is sort of my big questioning moment for the episode. They have this little chat. Obi-Wan plants the seeds of the idea, right? Now is the time. We can kill Vader together. We can prevent what happened to you from happening to these other families. Uh, and then it seems as if Reva's pondering it. But then she sends Kenobi back into the base, into the hangar, with two stormtroopers in tow that Obi-Wan will easily be able to overcome. So I'm, I'm not sure at this point is, is Reva in league with Obi-Wan at this point, or is she going to bide her time? I, I, I'm a little unclear exactly on her train of thought here, because again, is she giving Obi-Wan a chance to get away, knowing that he's going to overcome these two stormtroopers? These aren't even these aren't even uh, clone troopers, right? Like these are these are uh, the enlisted, you know. They're subpar compared to like the, the clones of Jango Fett. So Obi Wan will have no trouble getting away from them, and he does not. Uh, so I'm sort of trying to piece these these things together here because this is like the one part point of clarity that I, I wish I understood a little bit better. Is is Reva aiding Obi Wan? Is Reva taking Obi Wan up on his offer? Because again, they're not in. At the, at the final confrontation, Obi-Wan's on the ship getting away, and Reva's left alone to fight Vader, or is that how she wanted it to be? Because, again, as she says earlier in the episode, Obi-Wan wouldn't know the things she's had to do alone in, in the galaxy. Um, and I, I want to sort of talk a little bit that I, we, now that we know Reva's trauma, we know her origin story, I don't think it changes the fact that she's still a bad person. She still uses the dark side. She has probably killed many, many people in the pursuit of her revenge, which is, again, a dark side thing, <laughs> a dark side trait, the idea of, of revenging yourself on others. And, and, and there seemed to be some sort of, um, I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but like the, the internet this morning was, was very pro-Riva, and, and I, I, I sort of was surprised by what I saw, because we'll get to the final moments of the episode soon enough, and we'll speculate a bit more on what's to come in episode six to wrap everything up. But I, I don't, I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm perceiving Riva incorrectly here. But as far as I'm concerned, she's still a, a bad mamma jamma, and and Obi Wan or Vader will have to uh, further deal with her in episode six. But yeah, this is like the one chunk of the episode where I'm sort of like. What exactly is happening here? Does does Reva know that Kenobi's going to get away? Is she allowing him to get away, so that she can try and get the drop on Vader on her own? That there's there's reason to believe that, because again, she wants to do things on her own, but it seems like she just threw away a very valuable ally in the process. So I don't know. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm going to watch the episode a few more times, and I'll I'll, I'll probably get to uh, sink my teeth into it a, a bit more as I rewatch the episode, and, and uh, you know. We'll talk more about it later for sure. Don't worry. You know I won't let this go. You know I won't forget. So <laughs> let's just get to the next part here. Hang on. And that next part would be back to the Jedi Trials and Obi-Wan versus Anakin Skywalker. Weapon's gone. It's over. Your need for victory, Anakin, it blinds you. 
that's a pivotal moment right there. All right, now Vader's on the planet. Boots on the ground, baby. Let's get the report. Where is he? I have him secured inside, my lord. I will bring him in myself. Yeah, secured with two jabroni stormtroopers that Kenobi easily knocks unconscious and shoots in the face later. <laughs> so, I'm again trying to trying to parse out Reva's plan here. I think she does this on purpose, knowing Kenobi's going to get away, knowing that he's going to get those people away. You know, she's doing doing a good thing so she can do a bad thing. But is killing Vader a bad thing? But again, revenge is a bad thing. She's not a Jedi anymore. It's complicated, and that's how I like it. That's how I like some Star Wars right now. Keep it complicated. All right, so Ben's going back to the, to the underground. Leia's able to open the hangar doors. She gets low the back. Uh, Haja drops the communicator on the ground as everyone's making their way to the shuttle, and and we're doing a, a classic Kenobi fake out, right? We're gonna we're gonna have one shuttle taken off as Vader enters the base. It's very much like Empire Strikes Back. It's very much like being on Hoth, uh, except this time instead of using the Force to catch the Millennium Falcon, this time Vader will use the Force to catch the transport, bring it screeching back down to the ground, and he just rips into this shri- into this ship in search for his former master Obi Wan Kenobi, only to find the ship empty. And as that realization begins to hit him, another ship takes off with the people on board, and flees, to, heads off to safety, and uh, not happy about it. Uh, now we cut back to the training montage, not training montage, my God, to the Jedi trials between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Check it out. You're a great warrior, Anakin. But your need to prove yourself is your undoing. Until you overcome it, a Padawan you will still be. There we go. It's a nice pivotal moment between the two characters. And we know that Anakin eventually becomes a Jedi Knight and everything like that. But it, it's, it's again, it, the way this all wraps around this episode, the way these characters know each other so well, uh, uh, sort of underlined, highlighted by that, that Jedi trial sequence. Uh, and, and again, you know, Vader kind of wrapped up in his reverie here a little bit, thinking about these things, thinking about the times with his former master. This has got to be an emotional moment for him as well. Again, a character who's now, you know, wrapped in darkness and anger and, and hate and all these negative emotions. Um, but he has to he has to wrestle his own past, right? Like he has to look back on these things, these moments in his in his life uh, as he's getting ready to enact revenge against Kenobi. Uh, and he has to relive these things, and it's it's something that uh, haunts him, scars him in 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 ways that that Mustafar didn't, and and uh, again, it just adds more nuance to the character of Vader than we ever thought we would get in our lifetimes, and it's really wonderful and it's fascinating, and I love it so very very much. Now, as Vader standing there watching the ship take off, and he's he's sort of. You know, I'm assuming he's he's in a bit of a reverie, thinking about about Kenobi and, and the Jedi trials and all these other other moments about his his need to prove himself as a great warrior. Um, Reva is going to attempt to get the drop. 
he was wise to use you against me. Alright, now we're going to get ready for another epic confrontation. And and what's great about this one is you got to realize, recognize that whole Jedi trial sequence between Anakin and Obi-Wan is basically going to be brought back in this sequence here. Reva attempting to prove herself, to exact her revenge, to get all of her negative emotions out in this, this battle with Vader. And it also symbolizes the change for Vader, right? From apprentice to the master. Reva in the role of the apprentice now, who's not able to, to do the things that she wants to do because of her emotions, because of her needs, her, her, her desire for vengeance. You know, Vader is the master now, right? That's what, we're, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're learning here. Even though Obi-Wan is still the master of him, right? Ooh, ooh, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy, Vader? Uh, maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that just shakes out in episode six. But yeah, look at the way these these this this lightsaber battle between Reva and Vader mirrors that one which we saw between Anakin and Obi Wan in the Jedi trials. Really fascinating stuff. I love the bit up here where where Vader will uh, break her saber in half and throws her one you know one half of it. Like, come on, you can do better. And and we all know that she can't. If I did have one critique. <laughs> on on Reva's technique here, and and maybe I'm just more of a sob than Reva is, right? But she does like the classic, like I'm gonna fire up my lightsaber and I'm gonna rear back and I'm gonna like 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 choppy choppy, like slash, you know, bet the powerful downstroke. I'm gonna kind of cleave in too, right? That's kind of Reva's move here. For me, for me, what I do if I'm just creeping up on the Dark Lord of the Sith and I think I got the drop on him. I'm just taking that lightsaber hilt and I'm putting it right to the back of his neck and then I'm turning it on. I'm not downstroking. I'm not going Highlander on him. Just saber on through the neck. Just that's it. Game over. I got no time for <laughs> for for a lightsaber battle with the Dark Lord of the Sith. No time. Thank you very much. But as Vader will tell us, um, none of this is unexpected to him. So yeah, let's check that part out. All right, we're going to pick it up here at the end. Vader is masterfully done a, a great job against against Reva. And now he has his two lightsabers pivoted, ready to go. And I I swear, I thought he was going to do the Dooku move with the two lightsabers. And it's just a little slice. And Reva's head goes rolling down the side of the road. But no, no, no. No, no, no. The Dark Lord of the Sith, he's got some other things up his sleeve. Check it out. So that's the moment Vader has run her through the gut again, as he like he did as Anakin Skywalker, and now Vader's gonna drop some knowledge on us. Did you really believe I did not see it, youngling? You are of no further use. 
Hello, third sister. Revenge does wonders for the will to live, don't you think? Your rage was useful. Now it is tiresome. We will leave you where we found you, in the gutter where you belong. Goodbye, Grand Inquisitor. So a powerful, awesome moment. I I don't like the way it ends. I'm not totally satisfied with the way it ends. Um, because I, again, I feel like if you're Vader, you're the Grand Inquisitor. You just just kill her and be done with it. <laughs> you know, you you run her through. But we we saw that it was very not very effective against the Grand Inquisitor. We know that it was not very effective against Reva when she was a child. Uh, you know, the lightsaber. It you know you run someone through, it cauterizes. They're not going to bleed out. Uh, so. She just has a hole in her body, which, again, we know it didn't work out well for Qui-Gon. <laughs> but let's present it with, with Qui-Gon. They got some more vital organs. And, and this time around, they missed every single one. So I, I, I think it's it, we, we can't count out Reva in the, in the final episode of the show. She shows the propensity for rallying. Vengeance is powerful. You know, the Grand Inquisitor just talked about that, the, how that helps the will to live, all these things. All the... All the, all the all the, the pertinent information we need about Riva no, tells us that she is not dead from this encounter, that she will somehow rally herself and get herself in the mix for the final episode. So again, I, I this is why people's online reactions to Riva this morning I found puzzling because of what's about to happen next. <laughs> and we'll play that final clip and really kind of set the tone and, and talk about what could happen on the next episode of the show. But yeah, it, pfft, this episode's awesome. It's just so good. So we're going to end the episode with cut back and forth between Kenobi and Roken talking on the ship, uh, Tariva crawling around at the hangar there, trying to get her lightsaber. And when, she, when something catches her eye and sends a disturbance through the force that even Kenobi cannot ignore. Kenobi, are you listening to me? Something's wrong. Sure, it's nothing at all. And meanwhile, we cut back to tattooing as the music crescendos lovely in a really fat building, really dramatic fashion. We cut back to tattooing. 
the Lars family homestead on a sleeping Luke Skywalker that Reva now knows all about because she's encountered Owen. She knows how to get to Tatooine. And if she's going to make this, you know, the question is, does she make the logical deduction uh, that the children being referred to are the children of Anakin Skywalker? I guess that's sort of the question. And we that was, that's sort of where I'm coming at this from, is that she realizes that these are Vader's kids. <laughs> at the very least, Luke is, the one on Tatooine being raised by Owen. Uh, so, and again, you know, Luke's going around with the last name Skywalker. It may not be that hard to discern if she gets there and asks a question or two of the boy. Um, so, yeah, my my sort of speculation here is is that, that Reva is about to do something real or real bad. And that Kenobi's gonna have to stop her now before, because uh, her quest for vengeance—if she can't kill Anakin, maybe she'll kill Anakin's kid. And whether she thinks it's just Luke, or she thinks Leia's in- involved, I'm assuming since it was Bail Organa on the communications, she probably believes it's both. And she's gonna bait a trap to bring them both to Tatooine to try and kill the children of Anakin Skywalker. That's where I my head's at. I still don't think Reva's a good, 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 uh, good, good guy, good person, good, one of the heroes. Uh, maybe the, you know we're all heroes of our own story, but I'm not falling for that one with with Reva. I think she's about to try and kill some kids, uh, in in her in her quest for vengeance. But or you know perhaps at the very very least, well no that doesn't make any sense either. I was gonna say she could use them to bait a trap uh, for Vader, but you know Vader has no knowledge that he has kids, so that can't work. That doesn't work out in continuity. That doesn't work out in the plot. Uh, so. Obi, I think Obi Wan's gonna have to go back to Tatooine and stop Reva because Reva, Reva knows way too much at this point. She's got to go. I don't see how Reva makes it out of this out of this series alive. Uh, and then we will, you know, we'll be back next week to wrap up the entire show. We we st- we still have some things to talk about. There are some interesting uh, elements we have to consider for the, for connecting this show to Episode Four. You know, everyone wants to have the conversation online at least about you know why doesn't why didn't Obi? Why didn't Princess Leia just say, "Hey Ben, you know we, all those adventures we had when I was a kid. I need your help again." Um, well, that's because this show came after it. You know, they wrote it forty years later. But we'll talk about all those things. Well, let's see how the show wraps up. Let's see what kind of bow they put on it, and we'll talk about things and we'll work it out. We'll workshop some things, and and uh, figure it all out because I'm excited. Like I think this episode is insanely strong. This might be the best one yet. You know, we were all stoked after three, but. Uh, uh, this might be the best one yet. I loved everything about it. The way it was shot, era acted, you know, written, framed, sequenced, edited. Again, working the the Jedi trials in there uh, to sort of bookend, even though they, they spread it throughout the episode, but it did sort of bookend the episode. Uh, really makes us recontextualize Anakin in Attack of the Clones. To, to, to learn that he just failed his Jedi trials prior to Attack of the Clones... Uh, is is really really interesting and puts that, puts that conversation with Padme into a, a slightly different light, which I really really enjoyed. So this this might be my favorite episode so far because it's got so much going for it, so much good stuff. It's very impactful, uh, and and the way the story unfolds, I think is 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 uh, insanely well done. I, I I'm hesitant to say masterful, but it's it's darn close. It's really really great, and uh, the dramatic tension's up up quite a bit, and yeah, that's where we're at, Kenobi. Kenobi, and yeah, it's uh, ooh, we only got one more left. Can you believe it? Well, let's go watch this episode seventeen more times and bask in its infinite glory because uh, it's really, really well done. 
and again, I, I, I urge you on your rewatches to, to sort of pay attention to um, just sort of like the, the, the subtlety in w- with the way which things are done in the show. It's, it's, uh, it's an insane strength of this show that it, that it can kind of think mm, – it's going to sound weird the way I'm going to say it, but to, to kind of keep things small, right? To, to, to make this a smaller adventure in Star Wars but no less important – um, but to kind of keep things, you know, it's it's almost a fairly grounded show, right? Considering we're dealing with with wizards and laser swords, right? But the emotional stuff is what's key in 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 the series and in this episode in particular. And again, the way that that Hugh McGregor is 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 bringing subtlety and nuance to his performance, I think, is just outstanding stuff. And I hope uh, you all enjoyed this one as much as I did. It's super super awesome. Uh, and it's like, like I said, the best one of the show so far, nine buckets on this one. Super, super easy. Let's go ahead and get out of here. We're running a little long as it is. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. Old listeners, welcome back. New listeners, welcome aboard. Hope you're having a good time. Hope I'm uh, providing some entertainment and some, some decent information at the same time. Make sure you're following us on social media and please engage with us on there. I uh, love having having conversations with people. It's, it's it's really exciting to talk to more Star Wars fans on on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, and following the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you have time to support the show with some five-star reviews, that would be amazing. I would truly, truly appreciate that. Thank you so very, very much. They're, they're so important to small independent shows like us. They help us stand out and not get lost in the shuffle. You know, they're just like... I think 350 plus Star Wars podcasts right now. So uh, all the help we can get, truly, truly appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, if you're interested in becoming one of our official Mandivision Maniacs, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Mandivision. You can join the Maniacs and gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current patrons, the Aspinel Chody, the Batman of Bayho, Jeff Nail. Jeff is co-hosting the Ring and Ear, a great music podcast. Check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker, Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing Company, right here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the Silent Assassin, he who should not be named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On Is So Good. And we have a new Patreon episode coming up. We'll hopefully be out this weekend. So I implore you, if you are at the, the, the $5 tier, look forward to that one. It's going to be a, a real hootenanny, all right? Uh, let's do it. Let's get out of here. Remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I find that answer vague and unconvincing.